0: with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast just before I go. It's going to be fine apart from one or two isolated showers in the morning, very hot during the day. Maximum temperature of about 33 degrees and a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. It's going to be fine and very hot tomorrow. There is a very hot weather warning in force. 29 degrees right now, 80% relative humidity. Just got 8.30. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
1: An infectious disease expert says if authorities reimpose infection control measures, it's possible to contain the current coronavirus outbreak within a few weeks. These include wearing masks indoors, limiting gatherings outside, tracing contacts of patients and boosting testing and quarantining at borders. Professor Ivan Hung from the University of Hong Kong also says there's no reason why the annual book fair can't go ahead on Wednesday.
2: If you can minimise the number of people entering the book fairs and also that making sure everyone will be wearing their masks and there's no eating inside the book fair, and also with you know, very good hand hygiene, if you can make sure that all these measures are in place and everyone is complied with them, the book fair could go ahead as scheduled.
1: Organisers of the pro-democracy camp's weekend primaries say more than 600,000 people took part in electronic voting to pick candidates for September's LegCo elections, despite a government warning that it could be illegal. Sean Kennedy reports.
3: Organisers had set a target of 170,000, but almost 229,000 cast a ballot on the first day alone. The aim of the exercise was to try to maximise the camp's chances in September's LegCo polls, despite fears that some of those topping the primaries could end up disqualified from the actual elections. Some would-be candidates said the high turnout sent a strong signal to the world that Hong Kongers won't give up their fight for freedom and democracy. Last week, Constitutional Affairs Minister Eric Chung warned that anyone involved in the primaries, from the organisers to the voters, could be in breach of the national security law, a claim dismissed by the pro-democracy camp.
1: The South African president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has reintroduced a total ban on alcohol, which he said was putting additional pressure on the healthcare care system at a time when coronavirus cases were surging. He also announced the return of an overnight curfew. Mr Ramaphosa said the country's endurance was about to be sorely tested.
4: The storm is upon us. More than a quarter of a million South Africans have been infected with coronavirus And we know that many more infections
3: have gone undetected.
1: The British Home Secretary, Priti Patel, says she's agreed with her French counterpart to launch a joint intelligence gathering operation aimed at ending people smuggling across the channel. Here's the BBC's Simon Jones.
0: Two Coast Guard helicopters, two lifeboats and several Border Force vessels have been working alongside the French authorities to locate and rescue the people on board. In Calais, Ms Patel said the number of people making the illegal crossings remained unacceptably high. In front of the cameras, the two ministers signed an agreement to create a joint intelligence unit to target the traffickers behind what she called a vile people-smuggling operation.
1: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh and your co-host today, Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking about latest developments in the COVID-19 pandemic today. The Centre for Health Protection yesterday urged people to stay at home and avoid gatherings as they announced another 38 confirmed coronavirus cases, 30 of them locally acquired infections. The source of infection for 13 of those new local cases has not been traced so far. The centre's head said the pandemic situation has gone a bit out of control and she's worried space will quickly run out in quarantine centres if the surge goes on. So what's behind the surge? Has the virus changed? Or is it because we relaxed measures? And if so, should we go back to the tightest tactics? How are we doing for facilities Facilities and for PPE. Will it be harder or easier this time round? Let us know your thoughts, your questions, and comments. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, Backchat at RTHK.hk, or you can give us a call, and our telephone number is two three three eight eight two six six. We look forward to hearing from you. Two three three eight eight two six six uh, is the number. Joining us for the first part of the programme, we have now Dr. Arasina Mar, President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors uh, Association. Um, uh, a few emails, first of all, that have come in uh, over the weekend, some related to uh, politics, some related to our discussion. Uh, on Friday, like this one from Nick, who says, uh, with the subject line, independence movement stopped everywhere, question mark, the statement was made, this is in reference to Friday's programme, that no country would accept an independence or separatist movement. What about the Scottish independent movement? independence movement in the UK? Perfectly legal and allowed. That comes uh, from Nick. Martin says, I find it funny how Australia suddenly welcomes Hong Kong refugees in inverted commas yet treats others with complete distaste. They are interned in camps, many on Nauru and Manus Islands, where they are left until they give up. They even restricted New Zealand from taking them when offered. It seems to be an anti-China double standard thing. That comes uh, from Martin. And uh, D.Y. says uh, Hi. Uh, 60 Minutes Australia has done a good job to reveal to the public some of the war crimes that have been committed by their SAS Special Forces in Afghanistan. In Soldiers' Heartbreaking Journey for Forgiveness After Horror in Afghanistan aired on 28th of June a former SAS medic recounted the horror in 2012 when he learned that an injured Afghan and farmer he had handed over to a fellow soldier had been stomped to death by the Australian forces. He regretted not having intervened to save him and 60 Minutes arranged him for him to apologise to the sons of the murdered civilian via video link. Australia's major general admitted that the war crimes that war crimes had been committed by the SAS and that they would be looked into. But what about the USA? The US government and politicians are imposing sanctions on the ICC in a shameless attack on the court and the victims of atrocities to ensure there will be no redress. The US government is ironically smearing the reputation of its own forces by making it look like they can get away with war crimes. With such poor moral leadership, how dare they... they sorry, they dare to talk about freedoms and justice. What about the rights of Afghan people who have been traumatised by the wars? The US has been raging on their soil. Those comments from uh, DY. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Backchat at is our email address if you agree or disagree. Uh, or you want to comment on our main topic today, which is uh, COVID-19.
3: Yes. Good morning, Dr. Ma. Hey. Good morning. What's, uh, how are things from the Public Doctors' Association's point of view? Is the government doing a good job or are there areas we could do better?
5: Um. Actually, I think same as the governments in different parts of the world, when we're facing the problem about uh, starting, resuming the economic and social activities as uh, uh, compared with uh, the, um, of the, um uh, COVID control, since most governments really want to resume the economic activity, and they want to loosen things as soon as possible. Okay. However, for this virus and for this disease, uh, we, all, we we can see that once you loosen things too quickly, um, the these disease uh, and the pandemic rebound. Uh, this happened in Hong Kong, in Japan, uh, in uh, United States as well. So um, I think at this moment of time, the government should uh, make a clear and fast action whether we should uh, uh, still keep uh, go on working or resume the work at home, and also whether we sh- uh, the book fair should carry on or not. They should make fast and accurate decision.
3: Yes, yeah, that, that one about the book fair is a big one, isn't it? Because yes. you're talking many thousands of people indoors. In fact, I'm, I'm due to go to an event at the book fair on Wednesday, so I'm anxiously awaiting the gov- a government decision on this. But how about testing? Are we doing enough testing?
5: Um, I think the testing thing, yes, as what Professor Yun said, that we haven't done enough. We haven't, haven't done enough testing. Uh, I don't agree for universal testing for all Hong Kong people, but we should uh, target the testing to all related high risk people as well as all people with uh, symptom, even a mild cold, uh, flu-like symptom. Uh, actually, um, uh, from um, uh, feedback from my colleagues in different parts of the sector, the public and the private sector, actually. Um, patients still uh, f- uh, encounter difficulty to get their test done. For example, uh, one of my friends told him that uh, he is uh, uh, a general practitioner. Uh, 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 a civil servant has visited him on, uh, on the, at this weekend and told him for my, uh, uh, mild symptoms. And the civil servant told him that uh, he has visited the staff clinic uh, of the, for the civil servants. But however, they cannot provide the COVID test for him. That's why he needs to go to the private Practitioner to do it, so I think uh, for the COVID test, uh, it should be available for all government clinics, no matter the general public clinic and also the civil servant clinic. Right, and and the fam- I- family's
3: clinic is is for just for civil servants, isn't it? It's a special uh, there, special sector.
5: Yes, yes there is uh, there is a couple of special civil servant clinic, uh, which is only open to civil servant. But according to that patient, no COVID test can be arranged there. Uh, they can only go to the plastic uh, practitioner or the general outpatient uh, clinic. So um I think the government should try their best to make it uh, more available, and also even uh, after. Uh, also, I got some feedback from the um, district councillor. Uh, they said that uh, they they try to get uh, in touch with the Department of Health as, uh, because sometimes they find that some of the uh, residents in where uh, they uh, in their public housing estate got sent to the hospital. They want to confirm that whether there is any confirmed case nearby and try to arrange a uh, more a uh, testing as soon as possible. However, uh, it, they find it very difficult to get contact with the Department of Health to, con- to, to confirm whether there is any confirmed case in, in the, the, the place they, they work for. And they, after the patient has been sent to hospital for a few days, they didn't see any uh, official from the Department of Health go to the estate do the cleaning or uh, distribute the, uh, uh, the, the, the bottle for collection uh, for the test. Uh-huh. So everything seems works very slow. What
3: about the idea of testing on demand i mean people queuing up in cars and having a swab put up their up their nose with the window down and then driving off again off straight away afterwards and coming back getting the result uh the net the next day something like that um actually
5: um um I you be saw that pictures uh, in Korea and so on people just drive, uh, on the highway and the 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 um, the the the, the uh, technician help them to do the test and so on but however in Hong Kong we have developed a good test the deep test actually we don't need to swap the notes it can right. be done more easily so um I think once there is a, a, a resident in a building or in a public estate, a housing estate, they have a confirmed cases. The government should distribute as many uh, collection bottles as soon as possible because uh, this is the good target for do the testing. As we find that, we always found there is collection of uh, cases in the same housing estate or in the same building. However, we found that um, the uh, the Department of Health arranged this kind of targeted large-scale screening uh, slowly. So I hope they can uh-huh. improve their efficiency.
4: Can, can people do their own testing? Then you say distribute the bottles. If if you get, can people do it for themselves?
5: Um, actually, yes, man, um uh, from my, uh, from the colleagues in the public, uh, traffic sector, they said that more and more people, once they got some flu symptom or once they know, uh, they have friends or, a uh, 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 labor uh, got confirmed the cases, Actually, more and more people willing to go to the uh, uh, private petitioner and try to do the test uh, themselves. Although it, uh, it costs around $1,000 or so, but they're still more willing to do so compared with uh, what happened in March. Uh, in March, no, not many people willing to pay for their own test.
3: Right. You, you said earlier that you were not in favor of sort of universal testing, um, general te- or at random testing. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- what's wrong with that? Wouldn't that give us Uh, a good idea of the overall level of infection in the community?
5: Um, Actually, um, I think uh, we can uh, also take reference to um, uh, Dr. Chen chuk uh, comments about the universal testing on uh, uh, on last Friday. Uh, Actually, for universal testing, one of the key points is that you can do the test for all people at the same time point. For example, you take a time point, for example, today, the whole Hong Kong do it. And then you can say that, or you can get accurate pictures about the uh, the scale of infection in Hong Kong. However, it is very difficult for six millions of people to uh, do the test at the same time. So if you do it in phase, actually it cannot give you an accurate picture. And also, um, because this disease, they got an uh, uh, incubation period, and also, uh, the, the, you may you may be uh, uh, test negative now. Actually, you may get uh, uh, infected a couple of days later, or and then uh, they get uh, test positive um, maybe a week later. So, if you can do the to- the test for whole city in the same time point, yes, it can give you an accurate picture. If not, it cannot give you an accurate picture. So. Uh, also, in the administration uh, point of view, it is more feasible and, uh, uh, for doing it towards the high-risk cases and the targeted cases at this point.
4: Mm. OK. Our number is 233 You can comment on our Facebook page, Bank Chat on RTHK Radio 3. I haven't had a look at that. I'll check that out. Um, or you can uh, drop us a line, drop us uh, an email. Uh, uh, Gordon has done that. Right. Uh, with the subject line, postpone the book fair. This is something you touched on, uh, Dr. Ma. Gordon Mm -hmm. says, please ask some listeners to state their views. Some of our most respected experts say the fair should be postponed. This makes sense to me. And Disneyland at Ocean Park should consider closing too. What do you think about that, uh, Dr. Ma? Do you think that they should uh, postpone the book fair? Do you think they should close Disneyland at Ocean Park? Where do you stand? Um, Actually,
5: I think from... Now, at this point of view, the most important is we try to cut down the outdoor uh, outdoor activities, social activity as much as possible. Uh, people should stay home as much as possible. So I think going to the book fair is not an essential activity. Although I don't have um, – uh, you can say that uh, we can – Put on the mask. We can have a better ventilation system. Uh, I cannot uh, 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 confirm that uh, there must be infection or there must be output in the book fair. But however, I think book fair is not an essential activity. It can be avoided or so. Why don't we postpone it? Uh, actually, even the the, the 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 enterprise who joined the book fair, they worried about the the mm. the, 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 the safetyness of their staff why shouldn't we take this risk about ocean park and uh disneyland i would also sh- uh, share the same worry uh, going to the amusement park is not a very essential activity at this moment so uh, personally i prefer to uh avoid it at this stage so but also, it is
3: outdoors isn't it i yet, mean uh, people, people in fresh air
5: yes is that so outdoor uh, fresh air is better but you know that in the amusement park, you may uh, join some of the games indoor. And also the, all those games, you cannot clean the place as soon as possible. You cannot clean it every hour or every 15 minutes. So there is still risk of uh, infection. As we know that the virus can stay on the environmental surface, for example, the, 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 uh, the, the, the roller coaster, everything. So I All think right. it's also very difficult for, the, for the, the owner of the Disneyland and Ocean Park to keep on uh, uh, maintaining the, uh, the hygienic uh, condi- yes, I, conditions. I went, to, I
3: went to Disneyland on the second day of reopening and they were certainly mm-hmm. doing a good job on on distancing when you're mm-hmm. queuing and also on the rides uh, you okay. weren't weren't filling every seat in every row and so on mm-hmm. but i take your point that if if someone is infected they could be leaving the virus on some of the equipment for the next rider even the next yes. day
5: yes Actually, um, when they first opened, we don't have many uh, local cases, so I think it's fair to get it open and uh, and 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 get let it run with the uh, reasonable distancing and hygienic measures. But from but now we have so many confirmed cases in the community, we 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 really don't know whether anyone attending the amusement park are infected or silent cases. So it's much mm-hmm. more dangerous now compared to uh, late June. But have we
3: have we traced any back definitely to the theme parks? Uh,
5: I I I uh, I uh, as I remember, uh, there are some cases uh, who have vis- uh, uh, visited theme park during the incubation period. But now we don't have a definite clear pictures. There is a, a outbreak related to the theme right. park visit.
4: Okay, and number two three three eight eight two six six. We've got a caller. It's Mike. Mike, good morning to you.
5: Good morning, and uh, I just
2: thought this is the perfect time, although I want to talk about the accuracy of the testing, but this is the perfect time to review how do you catch the virus? You're talking about cleaning up all the handrails, but how do you catch the virus? Do you catch the virus by putting the virus on your hand? No. You catch the virus by put it, having the virus on your hand and then putting your hand in your mouth or picking your nose, or rubbing your eye. That's how you catch the virus. So let's concentrate on how you catch the virus. And it wasn't even, you guys didn't even discuss it.
3: Well, if you, I mean, if you came off the ride and immediately washed your hands.
2: Well, if you came off the ride and you didn't put your, and you didn't put your hand in your nose. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, Yes. Then you're
2: not going to catch it
3: but people don't go a whole day without touching their face near their eyes uh, and nose exactly,
2: Michael, and that's why that's why that's, that's why we wear a mask so it reminds us not to touch our face hmm. that's the only re- that's the biggest purpose of a mask we have to review what we do to stop the virus not the not the scare tactics of oh we need to clean that off every fifteen minutes. Oh, we need to do that every. No, simple. Keep your hands off your face. Wash your hands before you eat.
3: But people do eat. I mean, they've got to take the mask off to eat and drink.
2: Wash your hands.
3: Right. Before, before hand washing is eat. the thing.
2: That's well. Hand washing is a part of it. But the the biggest part is that just that unconscious. Uh, I, I see it all the time. People they they have they're on the MTR and they take their mask off to pick their
4: nose. Uh, surely the point about uh, de- crowded situations being dangerous is because if you're close to someone, you catch it directly from them. Not, that
2: is correct. Not, that is correct. And
4: it doesn't matter whether it's not on your hands; it's not well, being no, spread via your where, hands.
2: That's where the that's where the mask will prevent about eighty hmm. percent of that of that uh, droplet transmission. Yeah. And if you, you know, and if, and if the person that has this, you know, coughing or sneezing, he's wearing a mask, and the person that is healthy wearing a mask, boy, it really, it really knocks it down. But again, I see a bunch of stubborn and mostly Caucasians walking around Hong Kong without a mask. I mean,
5: come on.
4: Okay, Doctor Ma, do you want a Doctor Do you want to comment?
5: Uh, I agree that wearing the mask and cleaning your hands as frequent as possible is a very important measures uh, for avoid uh, catching the virus. But uh, we must uh, understand that sometimes we have some unconscious uh, act, uh, behavior, just like you—you you just touch your eyes. Actually, eyes is also another common area and crucial area for catching the disease. And besides that, those unconscious action or movement, uh, it, it's also quite difficult to uh, enforce. We uh, enforce it to uh, without. I know. So uh, because, so I'd yes. say get
2: conscious. Get conscious. Be aware of it. And it's if you're gonna if you're gonna have fear. Fear the correct thing. Fear mm. touching your face. That's what you get. should be fearing. So get I want to get back to the reason I called. And the reason I called was no one's talked about accuracy of the testing. In fact, in the States, on the, sh- on the short uh, test, the one that they get back in just a day or so, the accuracy, uh, there's, there are a lot of false positives. Mm-hmm. And so, so the accuracy... Is not that 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 wonderful. So uh,
5: about the account? accuracy of the testing, just depends on several uh, uh, several aspects. First of all, whether you collect the specimen correctly, or so on. Uh, but however, generally speaking, the test itself is not that inaccurate if you collect everything properly. Uh, the chance for false negative, false positive, is not high, but also in terms of false negative, but I agree that test 100 is accurate. But what we are using right now is almost above 80%. Uh, yes, I agree that we should stop the virus spreading or catching it in the right way. But we, no one can be perfect. So stopping go, uh, stop social activity is another important um, uh, uh, things uh, measures we can take in order to cut uh, the transmission uh, in a very crowded uh, society like Hong Kong.
2: I think it's most important to educate and educate correctly, and to know what what you must fear and how you prevent this.
4: OK, Mike, thanks very much indeed for, for your call once again. 233 Uh A couple of comments from uh, listeners on emails. Uh, Andrew says, is it true that the Hong Kong government delayed the new restriction arrangements till last weekend instead of immediately mid-last week was due to the funeral of Dr Stanley Ho, which all the Hong Kong and China big shots have to attend? comes uh, from Andrew uh, and uh, AM uh, says I'm a principal of an international school here in Hong Kong uh, when we reopened in May we found that we had a number of students with mild symptoms coming to school these students were quickly sent home and were not able to return to school until they were signed off by a doctor not once did any of these students get tested for COVID-19 it has me wondering whether doctors are actually getting people tested even with mild symptoms does your guest have any idea about why this has not been taken? place are people only tested for COVID-19 upon request that comes from AM Uh, uh, Dr Marr I know you're the public doctors but do you know what's going on with the private sector there
5: um, actually about uh, we have many questions about whether we have to do enough test or not and uh, attitude of doctor to us, uh, asking the patient to do the test or not uh, in uh, May or in June uh, I will I admitted that um, not many of our colleagues uh, are very openly or uh, after co- uh, our patients to do the test unless the patient told him that they come from uh, to- come from foreign country or they have contact a certain uh, 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 confirmed cases because the number of confirmed cases at that time in the community is not large however and also as the patient at that time are not willing to pay for the test but the attitude has changed and not in as Last week, uh, more doctors are more forthcoming to ask people to do the test. As we know that we con- we cannot trace the history accurately. Same as the patient, um, many patients are willing to do so, or even they come to our clinic to ask for do so. Even if they have a very very mild symptom. So definitely, we, we will see the number of uh, tests we have done in this uh, in last week and this coming couple of weeks it will be uh, a strike a uh, uh, record. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure whether this attitude can keep long. Uh, if the number of cases um, in the community has dropped rapidly again, maybe both the doctors and the patients are not willing to do the uh, self-pated um, COVID test again. Okay. Um, if, you,
4: if, if you go to a clinic now, you go to a public clinic, uh-huh. uh, uh, presumably if you ask for a test, you'll get a test. Uh, if, uh-huh. you, if you don't ask, but you have some symptoms, then is, will the doctor always give you a test?
5: Uh, I think, um, yes, from this week, if you go to a public clinic with very mild uh, uh, respiratory tract infection symptoms, definitely the doctors will give you, ask you to do the test, no okay. matter in the public or the private sector, because of large number of uh, community cases without uh, a really uh, identifiable uh, source of infection.
2: Mm.
3: Now, Dr. Mai, you mentioned social uh, things that maybe mm. we should be clamping down on again. But on mm-hmm. e- economic things, if we shut down the whole economy, no one's going to be there to pay the doctors, or pay for the <laughs> PPE, or or pay for the
5: testing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yes, the economic issues is uh, really difficult to answer because we need to resume the economic activities in order to pay the government, also to pay all the bills, but. Um, I hope that uh, uh, some uh, some companies and the government can try to uh, maybe cut down the uh, uh, let the business run on but let more uh, of their staff to work at home um, uh, We don't ask the uh, whole Hong Kong to shut down, but we just ask maybe less uh, uh, the restaurant uh, less. Uh, 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 don't, don't, uh, uh, let so many people go in, more take away business and so on. Or maybe we can uh, go back uh, for more online business. But I know that we should strike the balance between uh, cutting the activity as well as the uh, economic uh, uh, issue.
4: Okay. Uh, um, we've got another email from S. They want to push you on the book fair, Dr. Mark. <laughs> S says, can Dr. Mark give a definitive, a definite answer regarding the book fair before it's too late? Other officials have strongly re- recommended to cancel the book fair. Do you think the book fair should be cancelled? You said people shouldn't, um, shouldn't be encouraged to go, but do you think they should per- cancel it?
5: Personally, personally, I would like to recommend to close the book fair, and I don't recommend any people to go to the book fair. I, I won't go anyway.
4: Right, okay. And, and one more uh, email, maybe which we'll, we'll pick up with uh, again in the second part of the program. Uh, but Nick says, can you discuss why the government's not promoting a contact tracing app? This is being tried in, in other countries. Would that be of any use? Uh,
5: Actually, we are doing the contact tracing. We are uh, from. You've got individuals doing it,
4: have you? You've got people doing it. Yeah.
5: Yes. Actually, the Department of Health—they are doing. Have they have done the most? A large part of their job is doing the contact tracing. Hmm. It is more uh, easy to do it in March during that uh, that episode of outbreak because uh, most cases come into cluster with relation. uh, Small numbers as well. Yes. But now, as what Dr. Kwan said, it's getting more and more difficult to get the contact tracing. And they find more and more uh, cases with unknown source of infection. But they still uh, keep doing the contact tracing. But however... um, if the um, number of um, cases has grown so quickly and maybe at a certain time point the contact tracing become
4: invisible, yes. just like what happened in the States Sure, okay, well th- th- many thanks for joining us uh, Dr. Mar, Aracena Ma, there Thank President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association helping us out with those questions uh, Professor Benjamin Cowling joining us after the news at nine, the weather fine apart from a couple of isolated showers this morning the very hot weather warning now in place 30 degrees, humidity 75% It's
1: on RTHK Thank you.
4: Welcome back, back chat on a Monday morning, first one of the week with Mike Rouse and uh, me, Hugh and By the way, uh back chat will be keeping going um, over the summer because uh, we're all here and everything's still happening, obviously. Uh, so, uh, as, um, in previous years, we uh, we have uh, taken uh, July and uh, we've rested the program basically for uh, July and August while LegCo was away and where a lot of people were away and the universities were closed and, and things like that. Uh, but everybody's here and there's plenty to talk about, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep. Uh, Back chat going uh, over the uh, summer. Mike, you're, you're happy with that or not?
2: Well,
3: <laughs> yes, but it, it's a sort of, uh, it's because of a miserable reason, isn't it? It's because we can't travel. And and I think people are beginning. This is to
4: the this is the silver lining in the cloud. Is that we well, we yeah, chat th- keeps going. But
3: we can still do it, and <laughs> we still we in, we enjoy doing. We it. May have, we may have political
4: turmoil and a pandemic, business. but we have backchat.
3: Yeah, we so. have backchat. That's right. We lost everything else.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, also, just to, just a reminder that um, people have been concerned, expressing concern about about uh, security and about uh, writing uh, into uh, backchat, which is you know supposed to be an open kind of forum, uh, as far as we can manage it for. Exchange of views, and we try to hear a balance of views and different different opinions. That's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about on RTHK. Uh, and uh, so, to facilitate that, uh, have said that uh, we, we've we've cleared completely cleared the backchat uh, archive, uh, um, deleted all uh, earlier emails. Um, you are welcome to write in uh, uh, anonymously or under an assumed name or an assumed email or anything like that. We don't require you to have any sort of proof uh, of who you are. My only request is a so, and I don't really care who you are, because give me a name to read out. We'll read out that. We're just interested in the in the view that's expressed, and I, people have to understand it in that in that uh, situation. Um, the only request is that um, please don't use multiple names, because I think that's misleading. Um, but if you whatever you want to call yourself, that's fine. But maybe stick right. to one name. Be, be
3: consistent.
4: Be consistent, because otherwise, as I say that's I, I think that's misleading. Right. If you want to call yourself Peter names.
3: the Great. For the first
4: one, that's fine. Then but stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, uh, and uh, we don't mind where you are uh, either. You can be in uh, any country uh, in the world. That's fine. Yeah, we don't. We're not judging here. We'll leave that to other people to judge you, uh, and I'm sure they will. Uh, okay, a couple of uh, comments on our Facebook page, but just before we get back to our main topic today, which is COVID nineteen. Uh, Jan says, "Would it be true to say that the NSL, the National Security Legislation, is more to protect the Communist Party and she himself than to protect?" the chinese and hong kong people please bring in legal experts to discuss this point as the police has already been politicized and now it seems actual laws themselves and lama matthew says the virus is important but the democratic camp primary election this weekend was a historic and quite miraculous event given the white terror campaign to discourage people from volunteering and voting seems it would have been worthy a worthy backchat topic last week or today or perhaps tomorrow to discuss the results and uh, implications that comes from matthew i think we probably will uh, turn to it uh tomorrow we've got a number of uh emails on specific uh issues related to uh the virus and the resurgence of the virus which we were talking about in the first part of the program we're joined now by professor benjamin cowling uh division head of the division of epidemiology and biostatistics at the school of public health at the university of hong kong professor cowling good morning to you Good morning. Hi, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us once again. Before we get to those specific points, um, so we have this this uh, second wave. I remember when you first spoke of a second wave on this programme, I think I was surprised, and a lot of people, you know, were surprised at this very idea, thought that it would come and go. Um, it's obviously... I mean, there are signs that it's actually worse uh, this time round, it's more infectious this time round. What, what's going on? Is that to do with uh the nature of the disease has it mutated or in some way is it to do with the public health measures or both or what
0: so we had a period of time in april and may and early june when there were really no local infections as far as we know there was a lichium cluster but other than that in the past few months we really haven't had a lot of cases but presumably in the last month or so some cases have managed to get into hong kong maybe Um, an escape from quarantine in some way, or maybe in a person who wasn't even quarantined, and then that's triggered local spread, and because all the public health measures have been relaxed, that means we have potential for spread to occur. So right now we're having 30 cases a day, and if we don't tighten up the measures, it's going to increase from day to day. It's going to be 30 cases a day today. In a week's time, it'll be 50, 60 cases a day. A week after that, it'll be 100 cases a day. So Really, right now, is a critical moment to put some public health measures back in place so that the numbers of cases every day start to come down instead of continue to go up every day.
3: Right. Book fair, yes or no?
0: Uh, No, that's a really bad idea uh, to have such a lot of people in a small space. If there's just one case, unrecognised case, who doesn't know they've got COVID, who attends the book fair, that's the potential for a lot of spread, which would then require a lot of work to get on top of, so it's a really bad idea.
3: I also noticed that there seem to be a lot of people testing positive when they come back on these special flights. Um, it seems to be almost from anywhere, if it's from Pakistan or India or Bangladesh or the Philippines, um, and you, you get a few days later, that however many ch- tested positive. So, Yeah, and it's, it's a worrying sign. Those flights
0: give us a window into what could be happening in some of those countries, like India, Bangladesh, Pakistan and so on. And so if there's a lot of travellers coming back with infection, that means there must be a lot of infections in the the originating countries, which perhaps we didn't know about and even those countries weren't really aware of.
3: And our testing um, isn't foolproof on arrival, is it?
0: Uh, So it's possible that someone can come in with infection, But test negative because the virus hasn't really reached a high enough level to be detected. And then maybe a few days later, maybe a week later, it would reach that level. So if we were to test again, um, then we'd find it. So a negative test on arrival doesn't mean the person's not infected. It just means that they're not having, you know, a a certain amount of virus not contagious at that point.
3: We can't detect it right now.
4: What what, what about uh, openness to, uh, on the border, on, on our own border? Uh, I'm not quite sure, to be honest, where we stand at the moment now uh, uh, with that. I know we can't uh, travel uh, at the moment to places like uh, Macau or even to uh, Guangdong. But as I understand, I think, I think uh, businesses, there are some uh, opportunities for business people. Do you think we should close the border completely again?
0: As far as we know, there's not really many infections at all in mainland China course yes. in Macau. So I don't think that poses a high risk for those businessmen to be going backwards and forwards without 14-day quarantine. Uh, To be honest, I would be more worried about people coming back from the higher risk countries, whether it's the US or South America, other parts of the world, coming back doing a home quarantine, so that person's at home for 14 days, but perhaps staying with their family who are not under any such restriction. And then it just takes one, maybe asymptomatic case who's come back, spreading it to their family, the family's going on as normal, and, and that's how the virus can escape from quarantine.
4: Oh, do, a... do, can I put, ask you an awkward question? Do you believe the statistics in mainland China? Do you believe the statistics in Guangdong? Do you believe that the, uh, the pandemic is at the state that they say it is?
0: Yeah, sure. I, I don't think there's a large number of infections, certainly nothing like what happened in Wuhan, because that would be impossible to, to ignore. You know, there'd be reports from social media everywhere about lots of people in hospital with pneumonia. But at the same time, I don't think there's having zero infections in China. I think there is a small amount of infection going around, which at the moment is being stamped out by whack-a-mole by the health authorities in China. So when an outbreak pops up, they clamp down on it, they lock down that part of the city, but they're always a little bit behind. And so I
4: think that's going to go on for months. Okay, Uh, a couple of questions. Uh, Nick, in the first part of the programme, did say, uh, talk about a contact tracing app which is being tried in other countries. That's a a query uh, echoed by Martin, who says, uh, to control infection rates and community outbreaks long term until a vaccine arrives, wouldn't it be better to introduce a contact tracing and QR code registration app system, just like it's done on the mainland or other countries, for example. Germany uh, has done. Uh, Is the scope there usefully, do you think?
0: So there's a few issues. On the mainland, they don't exactly have contact tracing apps. They have mobile phone monitoring, facial recognition monitoring, location monitoring of everybody uh, if they want to. So they can find out where everybody's been all the time. They don't need them to install the app on their phone necessarily because they have other ways of doing it. In Europe, there's a discussion about using contact tracing apps, but there's privacy concerns, and those haven't completely been resolved. Because if you allow the app to work but maintain people's privacy, then you're leaving it up to the individual once they're notified that they've been in contact with a case to then report that themselves voluntarily to the health authorities. Whereas right now in Hong Kong, we're having contact tracing done by experts in the Department of Health who are tracking down all those contacts and then following up with them individually. So there's not the same kind of voluntary um, uh, aspect to it.
3: Right. I wanted to pick you up on one of the points you, you mentioned about a people in self-quarantining. Now, when our son came back from the UK, we put him in a separate apartment, um, which wasn't occupied at the time, and we didn't have contact with him. But from what you're saying, it, there doesn't seem to be a rule that he can't mingle with his family members, even if for that, during that two weeks. And uh, yeah, it was so were- easy to spread to the other family members.
0: What you did is ideal, or to to put that person in a hotel. I know many people put right. their, their returning children in hotels rather than bringing them home. But not everybody can do that, and so there's no rule about it. But I think that is something which the government may be considering. Let's say we get over the second wave, they may be considering having special quarantine facilities, like some other countries do, where when you arrive back, you don't have the option of home quarantine. Right. You have to cross the scene. By yourself somewhere.
3: I think that's got to happen. I, I did see reports that uh, the government's planning this for maybe uh, domestic helpers coming back from Philippines and Indonesia in large numbers, and putting them in a hotel, uh, and then and, and at the at the employer's expense. Does that sound like a gr- good idea?
0: That, that, that's a really good idea. I wonder whether the government should subsidise it um, because for the employers. They're not directly benefiting for that two-week period when the helper's in quarantine, although obviously they do want the helper to come. Um, Well, they're not catching
4: the
3: virus, are they? (laughs) So they're benefiting to that extent.
0: I think, in principle, it's a really good idea.
4: Uh, All right, Some more questions from listeners. Paul says... um, Uh, This is more of a comment. Uh, I find that due to the discomfort they cause, the mask wearers around me constantly fiddle with their masks, touch their face and rub their eyes as they do so. The belief that masks actually reduce contact with the face uh, is misplaced. That comes uh, from Paul. Clive says, Dear Backchat, why does it cost $1,000 for a test? That was the amount quoted in the first part of the programme for a private test. Uh, This is a serious deterrent for people. The government should provide stroke sponsor free testing for all uh, as an encouragement. That comes from from clive what about mass testing uh, professor cowling
0: uh sure it's just expensive i think it's five hundred dollars the, the, the actual cost of the test and then obviously if you go to a private doctor to do it then the private doctor might add a little bit on top of that um so testing large numbers of people every day it adds up to a lot of money but then again obviously that's potentially less than it would cost the economy if we need to go into a lockdown Um, I think there's been discussion in Hong Kong about doing more testing. The expert committee has been recommending having more capacity for testing, and we're still waiting for for that to go up. But right now, as a response to the outbreaks in Hong Kong, the clusters of cases, a lot of testing is being done.
3: What's our capacity for testing now, roughly, per Uh, day?
0: It it was... Three or four thousand a day. I think it's gone up a little bit right now, maybe five thousand plus a day, but I'm not sure exactly how much.
3: And what sort of level would you like to see it at?
0: I, mean, I think we should even go above seven, eight, ten thousand. If we get more and more cases in the coming weeks, testing may be one of the best ways to stay on top of things by just spreading the net out more widely. So if a person um, you know, is identified as a case, then just get free testing to everybody in the proximity to that person in the same office, in the same residential estate, all their friends, anyone who they might have come into contact with. Just do the testing because that's going to be perhaps cheaper in the long run than, than some of the public health measures that we'd otherwise have to use.
4: And that would kind of replace contact tracing because you just test everybody, you know, regardless.
0: Yeah, contact tracing is is difficult, especially when the case numbers higher. We have an Mm -hmm. expert team doing it in the Department of Health, but there's obviously not an enormous number of people who are trained to do that. And I remember in March when case numbers reached up to about 100 a day, it was really, really difficult for the contact tracing team to stay on top of things because there's so many uh, people to talk to and then contacts to trace and follow up with. And so that's one of the urgencies right now is to keep the case numbers to a lower level so
4: contact tracing can still be fully effective. OK. Um, uh, AM also says, uh, I cannot see a contact tracing app being successful here, considering the political climate. Australia has used such an app, and privacy has become a major issue with it. How could we be sure that the Hong Kong government and the newly established NSL office would not use this data for other means? I doubt people would actually use it if the government created one. That comes uh, uh, from uh, AM. Uh this is from somebody who signs himself Professor Frank, uh, who says, um, uh, just a suggestion from a non expert but keen observer. Uh, I wonder if widespread and sustained flooding in China may be impacting water quality along the Pearl River Delta and thus Hong Kong beaches. May it be possible that together with other pathogens, coronavirus-19 is also being washed downwards and spread aerosol in Hong Kong? With many locals bathing at local beaches and generally more relaxed about distancing in their staycation, is it possible an added loophole of contagion has opened? Leave it to you to think about this. Very curious, too, why most recent cases are in Kowloon, new territories, but none in Hong Kong Island. That comes from Professor Frank. Uh, Professor Cowling. any comment?
0: I mean, I I don't think that travelling through the water, through rivers and then into the sea, is an established way of uh, spread for this coronavirus. I mean, in theory, perhaps it's possible, but there'd be enormous dilution effects from from the source upstream getting out into the sea. So I wouldn't think that's a, a major concern in terms of why outbreaks are clustered, if you remember in the first wave back in March, there was a big cluster in Wan Chai and the bars in Wan Chai and TST. So I think it's just a matter of chance. And now that we've had this comment, perhaps the next cluster is going to be somewhere in Hong Kong Island. Yes,
4: it's there's, been... quite, there's quite a lot round here, sort of the eastern Kowloon. Yes. Uh, including old aid, Old people's home. Is that, is that a clustering effect or is that just chance? Or
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly... Only a small number of seeds would have triggered this second wave, and perhaps those seeds happen to fall in East Kowloon this time or or Sha Tin. You know, it's just a matter of chance when it's such a small number of of seeds that begin the outbreaks.
4: Okay. Okay. This is from Matthew, who says, I would be interested to hear more discussion on the story over the weekend regarding uh, whistleblower reports revealing that leading Hong Kong University medical experts who are regular spokespeople on RTHK and elsewhere had deliberately suppressed information on how easily the virus is transmitted and when it was first known on the mainland. Are the experts we hear really credible and trustworthy or just self-interest-driven CCP proxies? This is uh, a reference to uh, a claim made by... uh, Uh, Yan Li Ming, uh, formerly of the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health, uh, who said that's uh, uh, Dr. Cowling's uh, uh, school, who said that the university had failed to act on her findings uh, on COVID-19 in in China uh, in late December of uh, human to human transmission. There's a big Fox News uh, article uh, about uh, Yan Li Li Ming. Uh, Professor Cowling, do you want to comment on that? Yeah,
0: so Hong Kong University put out a statement about Dr. Yan. She did work in the same school of public health as me, but in a, in a different building, in a different research group. I didn't really know her personally. Uh, I looked at what she said to Fox News, and it didn't seem to be anything particularly new. Um, for myself, I, the, the first time I really was confident that it was spreading from person to person was the same day that the Chinese government locked down Wuhan. I think it was 23rd of January. And I'd just been in Beijing since then the day before and starting to work on the data with China CDC. And then a few days later, we published an article in New England Journal of Medicine with estimates of the reproductive number and a lot of other things. Um, So for myself, certainly, I I didn't know any secret information um, and and hold that back.
2: Right.
0: Dr. Yan, I mean, I I don't know. We'll have to see, um, you know, what... What else she?
3: You've been on said. Ben. You've been on the show several times. You don't seem to be very restrained in what you've got to say.
0: Right, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, yeah.
5: Thank
3: you. <laughs> the pitting out there and people like Gabriel Leung and so on—they they stick it all. Um, yeah, I
5: mean, we, so
0: we we do need to be a little bit careful. So sometimes we do hear rumours, but we have to be careful not to repeat those rumours because they may or may not turn out to be true.
3: Yes, I had. So a- I was- I had a rumour the other day that Facebook had been closed down in Hong Kong. So right. I, I went straight on to Facebook and, of course, I could get it. And I had to tell the people and, and crush the rumour sort of right up front.
4: Uh, her, her claim was that uh, that uh, Professor Leo Poon, the, the school's division head, uh, asked her secretly to investigate developments in mainland China and uh, she claims that when she told Poon about possible human-to-human transmission, he asked her to stay silent and be careful. Is, is, are you denying that? Is, is, uh, no, I, I, I don't do
0: that. know. That's nothing, nothing to do with me. But I will say that we did hear rumours. And in the media, there were rumours in early January of human-to-human spread of COVID-19. If you remember, people started wearing masks in Hong Kong. So the existence of rumours is not in question. But I think from a scientific point of view, perhaps we need to be careful when we hear those rumors, not to simply repeat them. And particularly for myself as a, as a person in, in, a, in a position of expertise, I, I can't just repeat rumors without determining whether they're true or not. And right. so for human human transmission in China, I wasn't really confident of that until around the time they shut down Wuhan.
4: Okay. All right. Uh, uh, we've got a caller on the line now, I think, actually. Uh, Ling? Ling, are you there? Good morning.
5: Uh, morning, host. Um, I'm very concerned about well-being of everybody and including myself. But the, my first question is that, to the point, control of flow and inspection of the social in- distancing is rather than talking about too much about testing. Is it right? Because um, last weekend, when I go to Wan Chai, If no advisor and no inspector, I can tell you different cultures, different people, and they always, more than 10, gather together. So just talking is nothing helpful to the whole society. And um, also now, why not control flow of people and get some more policy restricted again? But testing is more more than an interest of the researcher. I don't like experts to just express their view or the other concern about their research, but they don't communicate with the bureaucratic um, or the um, government and all the, also the uh, committees. Okay. Different party just say something. It's not helpful. We have to collaborate. Okay. is it?
4: <laughs> all right, all right. Link, yeah. Benjamin Cowan, do you want to respond?
0: Yeah, sure. So there's there's two basic ways that we're going to get on top of the second wave. The first is by targeted identification of people who are infected. So testing by itself is not going to change anything. It's the consequence of the test result that's going to make a difference. So if we Hmm. go for more testing, if we find more cases, particularly at an early stage, and then we do the isolation of the cases, the contact tracing of their contacts, more testing quarantine of their contacts and so on. that's a targeted way to get on top of the second wave without so much social disruption. But what I think we're also going to need is more social distancing. If you remember back in March the way that we were able to control the second wave and get on top of it was when the civil servants started working at home again, when bars, nightclubs, gyms, leisure facilities were closed to stop large numbers of people gathering in those places. And when there were restrictions on restaurants of, uh, I think, down to table size of four, and also restriction of gatherings of people in public of, I think, a maximum of four people. So those are the social distancing measures that, that were critical. Perhaps if we can get the testing up, then we can... Uh, have a little bit less social distancing and still be able to control the second do, do you
4: think, do, are those the things that you want to uh, see again now? Do you want to see people working from home, the restrictions on gatherings and so on?
0: I think that, I think that, would, that would be really important as mm. a way to get the second wave under control. And I'm surprised the government hasn't taken those kind of actions already because the problem with COVID-19 is if you delay the response, then you find you have to do more to stay on
4: top of it. I've got to say, the whole mood seems to be kind of different, doesn't it? It seems to be a lot more relaxed uh, than it than it yeah. was. There isn't the kind of panic buying and, and so on. People are a little bit, I don't know, with blasé or just kind of accustomed to it. Uh, does that make it more dangerous, do you think, second time around? What do you think? I think it,
2: I think it does oh. because,
0: you, you know, you've seen the, the, the number of cases in that one elderly home and, unfortunately, that's going to have there's going to be some serious health outcomes from those cases in the elderly home, and that's just one elderly home. But we'll need to wait two to three weeks to to really see the full consequences of that outbreak. But if if there's further spread in the community into these vulnerable older people, that's really going to have a major health impact on on those people, and we don't want that to happen. But because there's this delay, we we think Mm. for now it's fine. You know, we've just got these... Well, can can I have one more question? Yes, go
4: on, Ling.
5: Um, I I just wonder, what is tested? Because as, as far as I know, Hong Kong population, a lot of people take cigarettes or other things, and they have something inside their lung. So if all of a sudden we take a lot of testing, and we don't know what we are tested for, and then they all put into the hospital, and then I think immediately the public health system it will collapse and the front line will be oh jesus christ do you know what, what i'm worried those who are just emphasizing testing testing and what is tested
4: okay so we need to have all the facilities and everything for actual treatment
5: yeah yeah
4: okay all right the link thanks for much indeed for your for your comment um 26388266 uh andy says last week i went to see my private doctor with a sore throat he diagnosed i had bronchitis sent me for a covid test even though he said this was very unlikely from the chest x-ray all i had to do was spit in a container provided first thing in the morning and then drop it off with the completed form at a government clinic the covid test provided by the government is basically free but there is a 200 uh, admin charge and uh, b he says to backchap the recent resurgence of covid-19 infections are probably due to people coming into hong kong uh, uh, after escaping compulsory or abd escaping compulsory quarantine there are suggestions that a large number of chinese government officials came to hong kong in relation to the national security law all these visitors were not submitted to quarantine uh, that comes uh, from B. I don't know if that's true or, or not. And uh, one more comment from Mike, uh, the caller, who says on the Chinese research for the Fox News interview we were referring to, her accusations were denied by the university It was explained that she did no research in Hong Kong. If her claims were accepted by the US immigration, it would be a guaranteed free pass to the states. Her trustworthiness is in serious question. Um, that's the view of uh, Mike. Thank you very much in, indeed for that. And uh, uh, Benjamin Cowling, thank you very much indeed. Professor Cowling, Division Head of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you very much indeed. Mike, are you going to go to the book fair then? I to...
3: was just composing in my mind <laughs> a, a WhatsApp conclusion. message to the convener of the group telling him I think he's got to call it off. You were
4: speaking there, were you? You were joining a seminar or something or...?
3: Uh, no, there's about 50 of us, former ICAC officers, going there for the launch of a book, uh, which interviewed us all uh, on the early days of the ICAC, back in the, early se- in the mid-70s. And uh, Anthony Jung, the former minister, wrote a book about it, based on all the interviews, and that's what it was going to be, a big, you know, retired officers' association event. Well, it sounds to me as though we're all going to... If any one of us has got the virus, we're all going to get it at the book fair. That doesn't seem very wise.
4: And you're in a vulnerable group.
3: Well, we're, by definition, we are all... Yes, we've all got to be late 60s, early 70s. So, yes. Vulnerable. So,
4: it's a no from you.
3: I think it's a... Uh... Good night from me. <laughs> it's a good night from him. <laughs>
4: okay. uh, well, th- thanks very much indeed to uh, Professor Cowling and uh, Dr Aracena in the first part of the programme. Uh, and, uh, Mike, to you, of course. Uh, also, the weather forecast before we go, fine, apart from some isolated showers this morning. Very hot during the day. Temperatures up to about 33 degrees. Temperature degrees higher in the New Territories. The yeah, it fine and very hot again tomorrow. There'll be one or two showers in the middle and latter parts of the week. Very hot weather warning now. 30 degrees, relative humidity, 71%. To prevent the spread of COVID-19,
6: try flexible working hours and staggered meal breaks. Wear a mask on public transport. Avoid crowded lifts. Try not to hold large meetings and reduce face-to-face contact with colleagues. Avoid meal gatherings. Stay away from crowds after work. Wash hands frequently and keep the workplace clean. If you feel unwell, stay away from work and see your doctor. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. 9.32,
4: the News Now with Samantha Butler.
1: A commentator says the turnout of more than 600,000 people in the pro-democracy LegCo primaries over the weekend is a vote of defiance against the government, Beijing and the new national security law. Journalist Chris Yeung says mainstream pan-democrats may not be happy with the results, which could see more fresh young localist candidates win. An infectious disease expert says if authorities reimpose infection control measures, it's possible to contain the current coronavirus outbreak within a few weeks. These include wearing face masks out indoors, limiting gatherings outside, tracing contacts of patients and boosting testing and quarantining at borders. Professor Ivan Hung from the University of Hong Kong also says there's no reason why the annual book fair can't go ahead on Wednesday. And Florida has registered a record 15,300 new coronavirus cases in a single day, accounting for almost a quarter of all U.S. daily infections, but with just 7% of America's population. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew.
6: A uh, sociology prof from the University of Sixth and costume designer Great interpreter of Beethoven. by oh-so-shy, quiet and retiring doggy council. Co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really quiet and not really for cats. I mean. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher what's happening behind the myth.
1: Good morning. In Indo- the interviews and also observations.
6: Absolutely no way.
1: On your radio and live online, this
6: is The Morning Brew. Good morning. Welcome to Monday. Brand new week. It's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Well, of course, as always, Robbie MacRobbie will be with you after 10 for this week's rugby news. And then... Tracy Kwan, all the way from New York. She wants to tell you about a recent walk she took around town examining the outdoor restaurant scene there. And, of course, that led to thoughts of New York in 1969. When you may remember, Norman Mailer ran for mayor. See where she goes with this one. 11.10 today, you're going to meet authors of the silver way peter gordon juan jose morales and their new book it's called painter and patron at the maritime silk road in the Castanatense Codex. Well, put very simply, it explores some of the hidden stories behind a set of 16th century illustrations depicting life on the ancient trade route. But needless to say, each one has a little story of its own. They are hoping to unveil this at the book fair. We'll see what happens. After 12 today, we're off to the UK for two reasons. One is to listen to some music by one of the country's foremost contemporary
2: ensembles. Brilliant stuff. But we're also going to chat to the Delta saxophone quartets